Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest, Eric Holzapple, and he's actually a mindfulness and real estate investor. He's got a lot of interesting topics and key points to discuss today, as well as his new book, How to Profit with Presence. And so we're talking about the 12 pillars of mindful leadership. Um, It's going to be a fascinating discussion. I'm always interested in people that have doing different things. So Eric, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah. uh, We connected through Podmatch and looks like, uh, tell us the audience, your story and living in the gap and, you know, we'll get right into it. Sure. Well, uh, you know, I came out with an MBA in finance in the mid-1980s and went to work in real estate and was immediately successful. Within a couple of years, I was the manager and then CEO of an Australian division, ran North American division for an Australian group, and uh, really was a walking boarding pass, moved to LA and managed office in Denver, New Jersey, traveled all over Western Canada, reported to the UK and, and Australia. In all the outside metrics, I was hugely successful. You know, the six-figure salary, the Mercedes, the apartment on the bay, all that stuff. But uh, inside, I was dying. Worked all the time. Personal life suffered. I was overweight. I drank too much. You know, I wasn't, I'm an athlete. I wasn't exercising. Uh, I looked in the mirror one day. I remember stepping on the scale. I hadn't been able to be on a scale for a while. I stepped on the scale. I looked in the mirror one day and said, geez, you got to make some changes. You're not going to be around very long. And I did. I started, you know, started on uh, giving up drinking for a bit and exercising again. I left that job. I decided to go back to get a PhD in economics and find a little more meaning in my life. I met my wife and I found yoga. And yoga was my first entry into mindfulness. It was like I'd become disembodied from, you know, just to end my own body. So I, I refound my my body and uh, mindfulness. A little bit after that, my older brother, uh, who's a poet, my dad was a football coach, and they were estranged. Oh. So he had started meditating. And I just watched him come back to the family. They'd been estranged and away for a while. And then he got closer to my dad and he, my dad didn't change. He was in his seventies, man. He, he didn't change. My brother came back and opened up and he and my dad got back together. And I just got my family back seemed like, and my brother said, you want to try it? So I started and yeah. uh, I had immediate results with it. And the meditation may not be for everybody, but I had immediate results with it for years. I was a closet meditator. You know, I didn't come out. I just did it on my own. I didn't tell people, you know, it wasn't, Back then, yoga and meditation is a lot weirder than it is today. You know, now it's a hot topic on a lot of a lot of things, and the science has evolved to show why. But back then, you know, it was like you just didn't hear about it much in the in the U.S. So, but later on in my business, just kind of one by one, different people asked me what was going on with me and noticed a difference in me and those kind of things. And we 
and we called it in our culture at LC Real Estate Group. Started having a C group meeting. First, there was, you know, just myself and one other. And six months later, the room was full of different people. And today we start all of our meetings with a little centering meditation. We used to just call it centering because meditation was a little too weird for people. But it's made a huge difference in the in, in our group. And then I launched a nonprofit five years ago, a so-called Living in the Gap, where we train uh, other professionals in, in how to be successful and continue to make money even make more money, but to be less stressed, happier, make a bigger difference for yourselves. How do you put your family first, even when you're in a busy, busy uh, work environment? And uh, it's been really, really gratifying. So in this, this last year, I, I, uh, I published a book called Profit with Presence, the 12 Pillars of Mindful Leadership to try to share it with the larger audience in the business community. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is uh, I'm talking to more entrepreneurs these days. And um, the number two thing, you know, number one is where they were always figuring out to kind of do their own thing and be in control. But the number two is always this idea of mindfulness. And uh, the more I talk to it, it's like more like uh, the yoga and uh, transcendental meditation, these types of things like getting into your body, listening to it. Um you know it's so, so key and so important so yeah we you know basically like what i love is um you know this idea where you know everything on the outside but then inside you're dying yeah, i'm sure most people can resonate with that and yeah a lot can yeah and so we'll talk about this idea of mindfulness and using mindfulness improving workplace culture what are some tidbits or gems that yeah. you can give? The first thing that I would say is, you know, it has to start with yourself. You know, it's a lot of times people in business or management go, oh, yes, the pe these people, they should be doing this. But I find that it's a, really it's a personal journey. It's not something to force on, you know, it's an individual choice and not something to force on other people. But the amazing thing is like my brother, Bruce, when he changed, the world changed. You know, one person changed and it changes the world. So everybody doesn't have to do it. You know, you doing it can make a huge difference. Now, whether may, like in my case, a lot of people saw I was a pretty hard driving son of a gun, you know, and I still am. I still have a lot of those attributes. I mean, I don't mess around in business, you know, but a lot of people saw a change in me and said, what are you doing? You know, so that may happen for you. And you may, you know, there may be a time when you say to share it, but mostly it's it's a, it's a self journey. And the other thing is that it it takes a lot less to get started and, and it's a lot sure like we, we suggest people start with two minutes of meditation a lot of times people start with too much and our minds are so busy that we go in there and we try to go for you know 15 or 20 minutes like transcendental meditations 20 minutes two times a day and that's a great place to get to I mean, i've been meditating 30 years or so and i and i do 20 minute meditation that's my, my standard some days a little less some you know sometimes i get to do a little more but that's my standard you no know, and there's so many other ways to practice like a mindful walk and the big thing of that is leave your phone behind you know start with five minutes just walk around the building you know figure feel that separation anxiety that you have oh my god i might miss a text you know oh my something might happen we don't have to be as immediately available as we've been conditioned, you know, and that gives just those walks. You can go and just start looking at the trees and things. And then on the weekend, maybe take a little longer mindful walk. You know, same with it when you're eating, just try to stop doing it, reading the paper and having, you know, on your phone and those kind of things and just start being a little more intentional. 
and mindful uh, can really change. The big thing is people think that mindfulness is woo-woo. You know, so many <laughs> business people. I say, you know, the current, the world is distracted, divided, unable to make progress in some key areas that are so important. That to me is woo-woo. Mindfulness, if I boil it down to one word, is focus. Ability to focus on what I choose to focus on to the exclusion of all else for that period of time. We can multitask. We just can't pay attention to everything. I mean, our bodies are phenomenal. We can do things we don't even you know, know we're doing them. We're yeah. habitual creatures. We just do the next thing. But So what we train people to do, what I train myself to do is when I'm at work, focus on work. And when I go home, leave work behind. I focus on, you know, my family. And that starts with go home, put my phone in the holster for a little bit of time, you know, and try to be there. And if I can focus, I get so much more done. And I can move the world in a few hours a day if I'm paying attention. But if I'm constantly distracted, not <laughs> listening to people, I'm not productive. It takes longer and I get home and I'm depleted. Not, you know, I'm fine being tired, but I don't want to be depleted, mm. you know. So yeah. that's just the anxiety and stress that we're just so used to just taking on. And we just think that we have to have it. Uh -huh. And it's a stressful world, man. We, yeah. If we, we need to take on, I had a, a young man that was a, a good friend of uh, my son Colton's. And we were having a discussion this summer. And he said, you know, I think we're the first generation that has to work on paying attention and being aware that our technology is so anti it that if we don't do some things that that counter it we don't have a chance i thought that was a great insight by a young man you know to say notice that you know i have to really take my focus back because everything business is great at stealing your focus i mean we're good if you want to take it back you need to you know put a stake in the ground Say, no, I'm going to take it back. I have to do some social media. I have to do some, I have to do my emails. I'm not saying you don't have to do some of that stuff, but it doesn't have to be 24 seven. Yeah. I love this idea where you're talking about managing energy and keeping your constant state of flow by not being distracted. And, um, and uh, what's interesting is, you know, technology is a tool so we can use technology, but we don't have to be chained by our phones mm -hmm. and, you know, we choose to what we can focus on, which is really hard these days, but um, which is why I have you on the show is, um, you know, this idea of getting mindfulness and basically helping, it has so many benefits. One is you talk about is finding purpose in life and you've had, a, you know, great success in yeah. business and finances. So kind of just, just kind of describe that. Well, the first thing I think is, you know, first of all, how do I come on that is, you know, I taught at the university for 20 years, Colorado State University, mostly seniors and countless ones come in their last year, you know, and they just say, and I do, why are you here? No idea. You know, <laughs> mom and dad said it was business or engineering and they'd pay for it. What are you going to do now? And my advice was, you know, figure out, take a little time. It's not mom and next step isn't mom and dad's. It's yours. And you're going to wake up and you're 50, you know, family, mortgage, job, you know, you get into something, you can't get out of it for a while. So take a little time figuring out why you're here, what you what you want to do. And my journey with it's been first, you know, first, my first purpose is just to gain awareness of myself, an inside journey of what makes me tick. Culture has put so much in us about what we should be doing. Most of it is buying stuff and, and making stuff and consuming stuff and throwing it away. And 
you know, I'm not saying any of that's bad. We, can, we certainly improved our material, you know, development and our stature and those kind of things, but it's not a purpose. Yeah. Profit's not a purpose. Profit's a result of living a purpose, you know, running a purpose-driven building, a business, I mean, that's producing a good that somebody demands. Profit's not, I mean, it's just, that's just empty. So first is, to, and I call it finding presence, finding my inside thing, you know, noticing myself, becoming more self-aware. And those, that's my first purpose. And from there, I can start to find another purpose. Like my purpose now has been to deliver mindfulness to business community, which I think is, is you know, a little deficit in it. And I think the business community, if anybody's going to get us out of the jam we're in, the business community, when they say we've had enough, you know, of we've had enough of the, the lobbyists and the politicians <laughs> going nowhere and wasting all of our time and <laughs> arguing over things that don't matter uh, or we're never going to agree on. Why don't we compromise? Uh, I think the business community and the ones in the end, you know, South Africa with apartheid, they were stuck way worse than we are. And when sanctions came in and the business couldn't run, they told the politicians enough. We want to make a little money. We want to have our lives and we'll make some compromises to do that. You know, and they're not perfect, but they got through a pretty tough time. And I, I think the business community is going to play a role. So my role has been I, I just have a hard time watching and, and doing nothing when I see so much waste, you know, so it's what a pity. Yeah, there's like a like a I think most entrepreneurs, you know, can agree with you. It's There's a lot of inefficiency and just, you know, the whole system needs updating. And, you know, we're spending yeah. all our money on things that are not very productive and just kind of you know, basically for the corporations and the lobbyists. So you talk about this idea of um, pre-session effect. I'm, I'm, yeah. what, is what is that? You know, I have found that whenever I give of myself, good things come back to me. Mm. That's just, I noticed, like I went to the university just because I knew I needed to be doing something. I burn up as a businessman because I'm tough. And I just, you know, it was kind of our experience in my, in my 20s that I started, you know, reaching out and giving back. I didn't have a, a, a theory. I just knew I had to do something at first. I didn't even know why I was there. But mm -hmm. I, one of my mentors, Larry Kendall with the Ninja Selling, I was I taught with him for 10 years at CSU. And I was just having lunch with him one day. I said, this is what I noticed. You know, I go in and I give myself here. I go to the Housing Authority Board or the Habitat Board and I do these things. And I notice people just come up to me and offer me business things. Even though I'm there to build some houses for people that don't have it, yeah, they come up and give me opportunities. Or one time I'm at the economic development, I'm the chair of the board and the guy Ralph Waldo comes up to me and says, hey, Eric, I love what you've done with the university and you're doing here. You know, North Fork Collins needs a developer like you. I'm a real estate developer. And five years later, I'm building a King Supers. I said, what's going on with that? He said, Buckmeister Fuller in the 1930s <laughs> came up with a procession effect. He said, just like honeybees go in you know, they go in to get honey, to get things to make honey. And the side effect is they pollinate the flowers in the world. The sun pulls the earth to it, the gravitational pull, but the sun doesn't, the earth doesn't crash in. It goes at a 90 degree angle. The world works at 90 degree angles. And so often we're just trying to take the direct cold calling approach. I advise people, hey, if you're trying to get into business in a community, go Join a nonprofit board and try to do well. You'll meet other leaders. And what happens is when they get to know you and see who you really are and they and something comes up, it's just a conversation where they say, Chris, 
do you know about this? Oh, and before you know it, business comes out of it. When you start paying attention to it, it's every, the procession effect is everywhere. Just means that it's an indirect effect of giving of yourself. It's gratitude in action. It's your karma. When you go in and give of yourself, I mean, you have to watch. I mean, some people hear that and they go in and they're trying to manipulate and you know work their way in and have somebody think they're being good. Just go in and legitimately give of yourself. It's a hell of a lot better than cold calling. And just see what happens. My life has just been so enriched by it. Like, for instance, I went in teaching at CSU. I got five Colorado State partners in this business that I run. You know, it's it's incredible. And it wasn't why I went and taught. It just happened because I was in the right place. And they'd say, you know what I want? I'd say, well, try this. You know, yeah. I, the procession effect is uh, really about gratitude and service and that it's not just altruistic it's also part of a sound business strategy that business and service i mean also is you know particularly in real estate and most businesses you're as good as your community is i mean some people have international community Uh or national or you know real estate's a little more localized but the better my community is the better my investments are so what better way than to you know invest in my community Uh, it's amazing and it also makes you feel better Mm. you know yeah, makes you feel better. It's the the expression of gratitude in, in action, and it makes a real difference. It comes back. I've seen it again and again and again. Yeah, that's the second time I've heard somebody t- reference Buckminster Fullerene. The one was um, the accelerating. Acceler- what is it? Accelerating, accelerating returns, accelerating accelerations. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that one specifically, but he was yeah. amazing. There's a lot of amazing business people out there. Yeah. Um, and, Who's an architect by trade? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, as we're coming to the kind of the closes, um, especially with COVID and now remote work is the norm now. So how can mindfulness help companies navigate remote work and uh, and actually, and how can, you know, business lead us out of devices? You know, presence, you know, starting to get more in touch with yourself is, uh, it's virtual. It's something that can really help you connect with people. So remote work is different. I find that in the office, command and control can work. In remote work, it cannot work. There's another level of trust, another level of relationship. There's another level of connection. I mean, you have to make a conscious connection with people. You may have not as many reports because you have to actually reach out and meet with people somewhere if that's going to work. I don't think it were and in transactional relations, in transactional things it can work, but in relational things or creative things, creating things and whatnot, remote work is very tough. But it's here to stay. So I just find mindfulness is a way that can really uh, help that with the bicep. Mindfulness helps us to listen and stop judging uh-huh. everybody because we're judging machines. You know, Republican, Democrat, uh, socialist you know, racist, whatever it is, we have all these labels. And then we say we know everything about the person underneath the label. And we don't listen anymore. Mindfulness is about listening. And listening is the key to relationships. And relationships is a study that just came out of Harvard, a 70 year study with 500 some participants. They found that the number one key to long term to happiness in the long term was relationships, long term relationships. So how do you have those relationships? You know, you listen, you're present. You don't judge, you serve, you know? Yeah. And so many people find at the end of their life, if, if hopefully by then, that it was relationships were the key to their life, you know, their connection with other humans. 
And you can have that in business. It doesn't have to be just at home and with your friends. You can have those relationships in business, I found. Sometimes it brings it, you know, a little stickier situation. But with mindfulness, you can navigate it. You, you know, just be real and be legitimate, be compassionate. You can say anything if you're compassionate and you're listening. Yeah, really fascinating. And I love how you, you know, this whole episode has been on mindfulness, but, you know, it, obviously we could get into your real estate and your teaching and yeah. that. Um, how can people contact you, follow you, visit your website, yeah. reach out to you, et cetera? Website is livinginthegap.org has any programs that we have, has a lot of free resources, books, and, and uh, meditations is a free 21-day practice there. You can get the book there, Profit with Presence, The 12 Pillars of Mindful Leadership. It's a Wall Street bestseller. And also, it's available on Amazon. Yeah. So, awesome. And awesome. And uh, for all the audience out there, be sure to check out um, the book. It, I'm going to check it out as well right after this. And um, check out, he's, on, um, he's also on uh, YouTube all the social media channels. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah. Appreciate what you do. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.